Every time that I look in the mirror, all these lines on my face getting clearer. Welcome, everyone, to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined, as always, by the sexiest man in podcasting, Scott Kahaskin. How you doing, Scott? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well, Corey. How are you? I am doing fan-fucking-tastic. Last week, we had uh, Last Child uh, from Live Bootleg, uh, which did not make the mixtape, but I, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic about tonight's song and i'm cautiously optimistic about my good buddy john mariano are you in good spirits tonight john i've been pondering something all day and i have to ask you guys it's you have one of four choices in the world right and i call this the stuff meat challenge right so so there's gonna be four choices i basically on the song we covered last week i got to thinking about some of those lyrics and they were really about stuffing meat i thought what better way to kick off this show and tie it into last week than to do a stuff me challenge? Okay. So I'm going to ask both of you this question. And you just pick one of these four stuff meats, right? And by stuff meats, I don't mean that we're stuffing stuff inside of meat. We're stuffing meat inside of things. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to work our way up from smallest to biggest. So option one is pigs in the blanket. Mm-hmm. Option two is a hot pocket. Option three is a corn dog. And option four is beef Wellington. You know, that's tough. What about a turducken? No, because that's just meat inside of the meat inside of the meat. This isn't this is meat inside of like a bready sort of thing. So I went with that kind okay. of theme. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I I uh, uh sorry, Scott, I'm gonna jump ahead of you here. Oh, yeah, go for your it. Answer. Um God, a hot pocket is tempting. Uh, but I watch a lot of Hell's Kitchen with my family right now, and some of those beef Wellingtons look really, really good that Gordon Ramsay uh, produces. So I may have to go beef Wellington. What are you thinking, Scott? I will say uh, a beef Wellington is tempting. Um, I actually went, uh, visited my brother one time in Phoenix, and we set out to make beef Wellington. And it is not the easiest thing to make. Um, getting that that mushroom layer between the pastry and the meat just right so that the pastry doesn't get soggy that is a challenge. Um, however, I don't uh, I'm not I, I don't really care much for mushrooms, so I'm going to go with a hot pocket. That uh, that was a staple for dinner or lunch for me for years. The the good old classic broccoli cheese hot pocket. So I think you're both wrong. Right, first of all, you went broccoli cheese hot pocket. Yeah, what and, the and fuck? This was a stuff. This was a stuff meat challenge, Scott. That's true. Um, Broccoli. Okay, well, we, we could go with the pepperoni pizza one. All right. But I'm still going with a hot closer. pocket. So so, so, so I still say that they're both wrong. And it's because so I think Scott kind of highlighted my problem with the hot pocket is the lack of consistency. Then you'll bite into it and you don't know what you're going to get. Scott mm-hmm. also pointed out the problem with the beef Wellington with the lack of consistency that if you don't know what you're doing, you can cook it improperly. Yes. Right. So now we're down to two. And sometimes people screw up the ratio on the hot dog, the wiener to 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 um, bun ratio on on a um, on a uh, on the corn on dog. cocktail weenie. Uh, no, on yeah. cocktail weenie. Oh, that corn dogs because they're dipped are the one thing that are almost ninety nine point nine 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 percent consistent. In the in this bunch, so whether you like them more or you like them less, you know exactly what you're getting with a corn dog. Okay, I think we're going under the assumption. Yeah, we're going under the assumption that 
you would know how to cook these fucking things. You didn't say, and you have to assume idiots are trying to make it. Because well, if uh, I think a properly made beef Wellington beats a corn. I, 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 in fairness, I didn't think about this until Scott pointed it out. So you can blame Scott. Okay. Well, I just, Scott, I just thought on. we were just picking which one we would get. Like if those were the four menu choices, which one we would order. I didn't even know what the criteria was for the question. Well, there was no criteria for the question until you pointed out you could improperly cook a beef Wellington. But how could I be wrong if there's no criteria? You gave John a criteria. <laughs> You I gave, her, I gave, gave a it. reasoning why I picked what I picked, but I right. But you and have I, to and have I can, a, then gave a criteria with the And then I realized there were wrong answers here when you did that. So it's a faulty question. No, it was a good question that you faulted. I don't. I don't think so. I think there was just a. Here's four things. Okay, right. uh, I picked here's this one. Things. Well, you're wrong. How pick the fuck one, can no. I be wrong if there's <laughs> if, if it's my choice? Well, because first of all, it was it, it was a a stuffed meat challenge, and you picked broccoli. Yeah, I still picked a Hot Pocket, which was one of the choices. But you picked broccoli. Yeah. This is not meat. Right, but Hot Pocket was the choice I picked, and then more specifically, I picked the broccoli. But you, you said, out of these four, pick one, and I picked one, and you're like, that's well, wrong. Well, I'm saying, no. I said, pick one of these four, and then you picked one and elaborated on it and made it wrong. Well, then, it should, then you just say, okay, well, that's not really going to work, so you take it off the board. That doesn't make me wrong. Okay, so then I have to take two off the board now, and then we're down to two. It's a hot dog or a corn dog. And oh, what's the question? Well, what it was, we had four, but now you made it two. What's the question? That was the question. Hot dog or corn dog, but based on what criteria? Which one has more meat? Which one has more bun? Which it doesn't need criteria. Than... It it could have just been which one's your favorite, and you could have just picked one, and then but, we would have been done. But which one is your favorite is criteria. But the bit's now going on like 45 minutes because we, we got to figure out the criteria. Okay, Alabama or South Carolina? Alabama. Based on what? Based on you asked me which one and I picked one. But what what is your what are you, how are you basing a decision on anything if you don't know what I'm asking? I'm way That's more decisive than you. That's my point. Scott, just tell <laughs> me he's decision. wrong and it was Carolina. No, I'm not going to bother. Just just move on. <laughs> All right, well, that was fun. Let's talk about Aerosmith, boys, shall we? Sure. sure. Last week, we did uh, Last Child uh, from Live Bootleg. Uh, we've got six uh, great tracks on the dice right now. We have Draw the Line from Classics Live 2 and Home Tonight from Rocks. Those are both Scott picks. Uh, from John, we have Nine Lives and Out of Your Head, uh, which uh, I believe is from uh, Just Push Play. Is that correct, John? Yeah, I think so. Because I was trying to get that rid one? of that. I'm trying to get rid of that album. I'm pretty sure it's that one. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah, out of your head from Just Push Play. I get that one mixed up with music from another dimension sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, Roadrunner is one of mine from Just, uh, from, sorry, Honking on Bobo. And let the music do the talking from Classics Live 2. Scott, what are you hoping to hear tonight? You know, last week I was I was trying to uh, manifest let the music do the talking because I didn't really care for the the studio version. And I thought, you know, maybe I'd like the live version. I didn't mark that I hated it, but I didn't really like it. So uh, I want to I want to give that another shot this week. I am looking forward to you uh, giving that one another chance. I think you might like it. And yes, I know we I missed a couple of pieces of business. We're going to do it after we hear John's choice for what he wants to hear tonight. John, what are you in the mood for? I want to get out of your head out of, off of this album. Perfect. I don't even remember that song from Just Push Play, so I have no idea if I like it or not. Uh, 
I, I want to hear a little Roadrunner. Let's go to Honkin' on Bobo. But here a good uh, old uh, blues classic, and Roadrunner is a great one. But before we do that, uh, John Mariano, we got to talk about Ken Knapsack uh, and the blathering, amongst other things. Let the people know about our good friend Ken. So, so here's what I want you to do: go to your podcast app and go to the Knapsack Network. Look it up. Um, follow it. Do 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 what you need to do with it. However, however that works. And this way, you'll get the blathering. The blathering is from the heart and head of Ken Knapsack. It's his, it's his thoughts and feelings on the worlds around us. Then I want you to go to the Mixcloud app and follow Pop Rock and Radio and support Ken there. And then I want you to go to the Force Center and follow Ken, Joseph Scrimshaw, and Jennifer Lander as they give all great news about Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all things nerd and fun. Um, then what I want you to do is um, enjoy your episode. And I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. Uh, Ken Napsack produces some of the best content out there. So go give him a follow. And Scott Haskin, speaking of great content, man, we got a whole podcast network full of it. Why don't you let the people know all about it? It's it's wet and wild over there. Um, we have, of course, Literally. aside from, from, from this show, you guys do Backtracks theme music, an excellent dive into music and film. Uh, we have, um, uh, Corey, you do a show with our friend Mark Kameyer and the podcast oh, will rock all things Van Halen. You don't? Have you quit? <laughs> well, I don't know. We're, we're taping this in the future. Maybe I've quit by now. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I've got Uriah Heap, the Magician podcast. We have Nate and John at the Deep Purple podcast. The Simple Man has a show called Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath of Bloody podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at the In the Lap of the Pods podcast, all about Queen and at Hawk Binge, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie podcast. We have Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Hattie do the Judas Priest cast. Clay and Rye have North by South podcast. Greg and Jonathan have So Far, So Pod, So What, all things Megadeth. Kevin at the Tom Petty Project, which is all about Tom Petty. Kevin also does a show with Randy called the Seaside Pod Review. It's our second Queen show in the uh, in the list. We have Quinn at And Volume for All, all things general heavy metal. Sav, Nick, Stephen, Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast, and Chaz and Greg doing Regarding Lulu, a short-lived podcast just about that one album regarding Lulu. And of course, our friends. We could not go a show without mentioning Sean Geek at Fast Fret and Eric at Booked on Rock. Uh, I'm having a conundrum, boys, with one of these shows. And that's uh, our good friend Chaz in regarding Lulu. Uh, he asked me if I would be on their final episode, mm. uh, which I'm happy to help out Chaz and do as many podcasts as I can, as you well know. However, that would mean I have to listen to the album. And Lulu <laughs> is a steaming pile of hot garbage. <laughs> so I really don't know what I could do. Uh, maybe you guys could give me some advice. Scott, should I do the show? Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to the show. What's the format? Uh, it, it's pretty similar uh, to other uh, deep dive shows. Uh, they talk a little bit about uh, about the uh, the track that they're going to cover, and then they play the track and they cut in uh, every once in a while and they talk about it. Okay, so you would really only have to listen to the one song. Uh, no, I think this is kind of the wrap up episode, talking about the oh. whole album. So I listen to the whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's a tough one, but it's your only chance to have an appearance on their show and support their their effort too. So, you know what you could do is you could just like skip through it and get a taste of every song. Maybe make a couple of notes so that you have some talking points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's a tough call if you don't like the material. I think Scott's really close with the idea. You take Scott's idea, and what you do is you put on each song for as long as you can tolerate it for. 
and then you just write how many mi minutes or seconds you lasted, and that's what you report on the episode. Oh, I like mm. that. That's a good idea. Like, okay, through this song, I made it 18 seconds. Here's yes. what I thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think right. that you take Scott's idea, and that's what you do. Yeah, you may I want like, to like do, it, idea. Uh, do it in a room with a lot of pillows that you can smash your face against. Uh, take your glasses off first. Yes, yes. You know, order also a very good idea. Here. I'm so glad I asked you guys. That's great advice. Thank you very much. I'm going to let Chaz know I will do the show. And I'm going to do it under those criteria. Thank you very much for that. There All right, go. and with that, it's time to throw it over to Steven Tyler. Let's find out what song we're covering here tonight. Toss of the And it's a John Mariano pick. We're going to the title cut from Nine Lives. All right. Uh, th this was a, a decent size hit uh, for the boys back in 1997. Uh, the first track, the opening track, also the title track, written by Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, and Marty Fredrickson. Uh, this album in Canada went uh, three times platinum in the States, uh, went two times platinum. Uh, John, you put this on the dice. What is it about Nine Lives that you wanted to, to cover here today? So I like to liken this part of where we are to early morning for me. Like I'm just waking up. That's how far we are into our show right now. It's still early. And one of the things I like to do early in my morning is take a shit and get all the shit out of my system. And that's what I'm trying to do early so we don't have to cover the shit late. So I look forward as we begin. Last week we had a pretty good reaction from Scott from the opening of the song. I'm remembering how this song opens, and I'm pretty excited <laughs> to see Scott's reaction. Yes, actually, I am. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, it's got a very unmistakable intro. Uh, Scott, uh, is this a first time listen for you? Um, it might not be a listen at all with that kind of intro. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think I know this one. Um, I, I actually kind of hoping that we listen to "Easy to Migrate to GDAP" instead by uh, Skykick is, is what's on our uh, our page there on the dice. Uh, that sounds like it might be more interesting. I, I can't get rid of the ads, Scott. You call me out on this every single week with the ads. They're, well, I'm not calling you out. I mean, it's 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 uh, part of the page, but I'm just saying if, if Nine Lives is already that bad that John's comparing it to taking his morning shit, uh, it's, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't give not me uh, too much ability to be open-minded. I just want to point out to Scott, that doesn't say easily to my easily migrate to, to GDAP. It says easily migrate to GDAP. <laughs> yes, that's that's it. Yes, thank you. And also the new GMC, uh, GMC Sierra 1500 uh, is available at Barbara Motors, which is in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, which is why that is on my page. But let's oh. go all the way back to 1997 and, and nine lives. Here's the title cut. <laughs> Those do not sound like cats. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> That's how the song starts, Scott. It's really apparent when you're wearing headphones and you hear that ring, and it, it's it's obviously somebody imitating a cat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to know who sat down and said, "You know what this song needs <laughs> is a cat, and we'll put we'll we'll fake a cat, and then we'll put a delay on it. People will yep. eat this shit up." <laughs> I mean, right there, like hearing that, it's really hard for me to take the song seriously. And apparently that was Steven Tyler doing the uh, cat's wail uh, at the beginning of the song. So, uh, And so what, what stage of drugs were the band on during Nine Lives? 
Well, this was a tough one because around this time, uh, they were kind of getting back into drugs a little bit. Like they'd been clean and sober for quite a while. Uh, Joey Kramer had a, uh, an accident at a gas station where he got caught on fire. Mm-hmm. So this is really kind of a dyslexic time in the, in the band's history. They're trying to stay clean. I think a couple of band members, uh, more specifically, Steven falling off the wagon, uh, maybe around this time, uh, my memory may be a little hazy on this. So please correct me if I'm wrong. The band at this point was like going into therapy sessions, trying to open up lines of communication and trying to see if they could do this kind of without this guiding force, guiding them through uh, their sobriety. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of a weird time and kind of a weird album. Like Night Lives is really eclectic. Uh, you got things like Taste of India, uh, which is just a, this kind of weird, you know, very India uh, influenced thing. Uh, Nine Lives, when we get into it, is kind of more of a punk song. Uh, it has mm-hmm. more of a punk influence. Then you have things like Hole in My Soul, which we covered live version, which is just a straight ahead 80s Aerosmith type ballad. So, and then mm-hmm. uh, Pink was another song we covered. Just that little, uh, you know, doopy little acoustic thing where he's talking about his favorite crayon. A lot of weird right. stuff on here. Hmm. Interesting. So obviously a tumultuous time, um, but somewhere along the line, somebody said this song needs a cat and somebody said we need to put a delay on that cat. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The the mix is really weird on this. I'm getting so much drums and then just like a hodgepodge of everything else. And it is a kind of a weird sounding album. Kevin Shirley uh, produced this after Bruce Fairburn uh, kind of did uh, the other three uh, big uh, Aerosmith albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, really, I think Kevin Shirley's uh, first uh, big album that he produced uh, was, was Nine Lives. Uh, he worked on a, a ton of stuff, uh, including like uh, the Black Crows uh, Billy Squire. I think he did some Rush, some Olivia Newton-John. Wow. Uh, he also did uh, uh, Journey. Uh, the, he produced uh, Journey's Trial by Fire, I believe. Uh, he worked on the Divinals. Uh, so a lot of kind of smaller stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, This is a pretty big album for him back in 1997. Yeah. Hmm. What do you guys think of the mix? Well, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't mind it because uh, this song always kind of had a, a punk undertone to me. And it, mm-hmm. it sounded kind of punk. I really kind of like the, the big, heavy backbeat to it. Mm-hmm. That that Joey and Tom are providing, uh, so the mix, especially on this song, I I I I didn't mind at all. How about you, John? Well, I, I don't love this album. It's no big secret. Um, once you get into the song and you get past the weird intro, yeah, the song's fine. Um, the mix is, it is what it is, right? Like, it almost to Scott's point, it sounds like it's backwards in a lot of ways like it's it, it, it's the, the the back end of the song is too high and the the front end of the song is too low um but it's coming off of cat screaming so i can't really criticize it yet fair and we we got some great lyrics coming up in, including the word verb booty which i have no idea what that means well i'll ask you guys when we get there All right, so his verbooty fits him like a velvet glove. Is that a condom? There's a new cool, some kind of verbooty. Yeah. Um, fits me like a velvet glove. I don't think he means her booty, and he didn't want to say it in the song. So he put verbooty in there. He arrived okay. with her booty. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's 
there's there's someone new that I'm interested in and her body fits me fine and he's just choosing to you know make up words that he thinks sound cool uh and and that that she suits him I I think that's the that's what I get out of that no knowing how Steven sings live he likes to sing about putting things inside of things mm. and, and you know to Scott's point he's singing about a lady here or most likely singing about a lady here I think if we put one to the other and then we see fits me like a velvet glove, we can get the euphemism there. Um, yeah, I think I think he's singing about a young lady there. Talking, he never sings about that. She shoopapadooba, she's talking to me, Jubada to jive. Now that could be a misprint on the lyrics site that we're looking at here, because I don't know what Juba to Jive means. Now that it sounded to me like that's what he said. And I'm just wondering, can we go back to the cats? <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. The cats are gone. Damn it. Just just let them go. All right, I'm coming around on the production comments, Scott. Uh, this does not sound like uh, permanent vacation or pump or get a grip. This is a, it's a lot rar, but I, I don't know if that's better. Yeah, I, I feel like everything's just, except for the drums, I feel like everything's just centered into the mix and, and just put into a soup. And you can't really, I mean, we we heard the first part of the guitar solo there, which you can discern from everything else, but it's all just blending in together. And yeah, I get I get punk songs are a little more raw and, and rough, and I wouldn't expect something polished. In fact, I've commented before that I think, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Misfits and Samhain, but when you get to Glenn Danzig's solo stuff, it sounds too polished to me. You know, that okay. that takes away from that raw punk sound. Uh, so I would expect that, but but you should still be able to hear what's going on. And to me, there's like the drums and Steven and soup. And uh, what do you think of that kind of descending moment in, in the chorus where it goes nine la, and then it comes down on lives and it sounds very flat and kind of boring, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that whole section was just dead to me. It's really dead sounding. Uh, John, uh, you like dead things. Did you like the chorus? I feel like this is very representative of this album for me in a lot of ways. Like it's great. That it's the title track because if you want to know what Nine Lives, the album was all about, just listen to this song. I think there's an irony to the fact that the line before the Nine Lives section was, I'm dead in love again. And then it's almost like, let me show you what dead feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I like the guitars. I wish they were more prominent in the mix, mm -hmm. but I like the guitars on this song. Yeah, I agree. And at least the solo is cutting through. A little bit, but you need more of that, don't you? Like yeah. No, that's an old joke, but I always dug it. I'm so weak from love and I couldn't even carry a tune. 
it's kind of an old musician joke, but you know, mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Still a classic. Before the guitar solo, uh, Nine Lives, Puss and Booty. Great lyric, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> stellar, I, stellar stuff. I, I used to like this song until John put it on the dice and I'm listening to it. I'm like, what? You know, there, there are still elements that are okay, but uh, come on. This, this is an overall miss, isn't it, boys? Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing that's interesting, though, and I only bring this up because I, I just learned this. Uh, that line, nobody ever dies in their dreams. The uh, the scientist that I, I listened to, it was just a video on my Instagram, and I put scientist in quotes because who really knows, you know, when you're looking at social media. Uh, but they, they said they believe the reason that we don't die in our dreams is because our brain doesn't know what it's like to be dead, so it doesn't know how to handle it, and it just doesn't allow it to happen. And I thought, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's an interesting theory. That certainly sounds good. Because yeah, I was trying to think about it. When I heard it, like, I'm sure I've died in my dreams, but no. Like, I've been stabbed and shot and stuff in my dreams, but I usually just wake up. Were you uh, dreaming about actually... my old store of 7-Eleven? Yes, I have, because uh, everything happened to you at that store, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing, I never got shot, but I, I got stabbed and maced and, and robbed just about every night. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, fun times. Well, after meeting you, I could understand why. John, uh, anything you want to say about the song? I, I am glad, I'm glad it's almost over. That's right. We only have a minute 48 uh, to go, and we're going to have a Joe Perry solo, so let's cut to that right here. So it's a nice uh, short solo, and it's not Joe Perry, actually. It's Brad Whitford mm. uh, doing that. So uh, good on Brad, but it was like, what, eight seconds long? Like, really short. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a solo earlier, but it was really just a like connective tissue. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have heard more of that. It's, it's sadly too short. And then they give us more of the song instead. Um, I didn't really care for what was going on behind the solo, though. It was um, it was really just that uh, like j -j 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 kind of music. Um, something a little more interesting there, at least on the bass line would have been nice. But uh, the solo was good. He, he only gets a few solos on this uh, record, if I remember correctly. Ain't that a bitch? Uh, is one, and I think he he uh, shares uh, solos uh, on the track uh, "Crash," uh, which are songs we have had to cover. Mm -hmm. But uh, John, uh, what do you think of the guitar solo there, or lack there? So, not, not only was it too short, but it was too low in the mix. Um, mm -hmm. all, 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 all the all, all the all the shit going on in the background overpowers it, and it's a shame because because melodically, um, it really seemed like it was going somewhere and something was going to happen, and then nothing. It felt like me trying to. Um, Please, a woman. But I'm bumped. Don't forget to tip your waitress, folks. He'll be here all week. So it is about the 7 Eleven. See, he just said it. Scott, yep. this is a song about your time with the 7 Eleven. There you go. That's probably why I don't like it. 
engine room to bombardier just bringing up too many bad memories where you die in your dreams exactly That's the lead-off track to 1997's Nine Lives. This was a single that reached number 37 on the mainstream rock track. So if this is going on a mixtape, uh, it would be going on the all-time Arrow Top 9, which currently includes Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, You See Me Crying, Crazy, Eat the Rich, Mamakin, Shut Up and Dance, and Deuces Are Wild. I am going to go first. And I'm going to say Nine Lives. You know, I didn't really mind it listening to this album quite a bit. Listening to it with kind of more of an analytical ear. Uh, I can pick out more negatives than I can positives. So I'm definitely going to say that this is a no for me, dog, on going on the all-time Aerosmith top nine. Uh, John Mariano, what is your vote on Nine Lives? So so how many songs do we put on the, the top nine? Nine. If we put 81 songs on the top nine, I don't know if this would be the 82nd. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I would actually kind of agree with that. Scott, uh, it's academic at this point, but your vote would have been? Uh, well, first, I like the fact that you allowed yourself to count this time. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, same. Uh, the, the, the only thing I really liked in the song was that uh, couple of bars of solo we got and then that spot between the uh, the final second and third chorus repeat. Uh, this this song for me didn't really do anything. You know, there, there was a couple of vocal melodies I didn't like or, or didn't mind, like, is this a dream? Kind of how he mm -hmm. would uh, do that. Or even the, the pre-chorus, uh, I, I always kind of kind of dug, but then it goes into the chorus and that really is just flat and dead and gross and uh, just yeah, not enough to recommend. Yeah. Yeah, anything that they're building up to by the time they get to the chorus, they just kill it. And the only and the chorus is just so re repeated and not changed until the very last one where we get a different bass line. Uh, but then the bass line is drowning everything out. And um, yeah, just uh, not not a not a song I would uh, I would be excited to hear again. All right, but this isn't the end for Nine Lives. Uh, do not. any of us want to put it on the nasty cut section of the mixtape? I'm voting no, uh, Scott. What's your vote? No. No, John, how about you? I'd rather listen to the movie. Ooh, there you go. So not even any uh, movie controversy uh, this week. Nine Lives is going bye-bye. So, John, that was your track uh, from the uh, mixtape. That means you get to replace it with something. 
what are you going to replace it with? Um, you, you know, you know, it, it really lifted my spirit. So I really feel like we need to bring ourselves down a little bit after this. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking, um, we all fall down off of music from another dimension. Oh, good. We all fall down, which I'm guessing you've never heard before. Oh no, I've never heard it, but it sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, are, are you looking forward to we all fall down from music from another dimension? I'm I'm having flashbacks of German nursery rhymes, and um, my head's just kind of lost in that right now. Oh my god, that is going to be great! But guess what? Before we go there, we got to play. How many times did Aerosmith perform nine lives starting in 1997? Scott Haskett, how many times do you think Aerosmith performed nine lives? Well, as I learned last week, they aren't the best decision makers for, you know, non-massive hit songs on their set list. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with 73. 73 times. All right, John Mariano, how many times do you think Aerosmith performed nine lives? 30. 30. The correct answer is 171 times. It was a mainstay on the 97 tour, which went into 98. And then they played it a few more times in 99, once in 2002, and five times in 2017. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, being being somebody who tries to be an optimist, maybe they did something different in the live versions. Maybe they learned something from the studio version and said, you know, if we change this and this, it'll be a good live song. I, I can hope for that. Well, the good news is that they excluded it from A Little South of Sanity, the live record, which mm. came out around this time. So uh, we won't have to do this one again. Oh, good. All then, right. With then, that, uh, optimism is unnecessary. Exactly. <laughs> Scott Haskin, what do you got coming up that you want to tell the fine folks about? Um, not a whole lot, uh, over the summer, I'm moving, uh, both of my podcasts to a different distributor. So I'm, I'm pretty much tied up with, uh, linking all those episodes and is it anchor? Re- rebuilding it is anchor. Yeah. Uh, rebuilding the, you know, 400 and some pages I have on the website. So, uh, not, not a lot, uh, coming out from me this summer, possibly a new album, but that's probably going to be delayed until, uh, later in the year. Gotcha. I think you're going to be happy with Anchor. They don't pay me to say this, but it's been our uh, podcast provider of choice for uh, a good while now, and we've been pretty happy with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. John, uh, what do you got going on this summer, my friend? Nothing. You know what? Me either. I'm on holidays as we record this. I'm doing not a damn thing. I was an extra in a Lowell D movie. Uh, My kid graduated grade six. I saw Nickelback. Other than that, I got nothing planned except podcast with my buddies, John and Scott. And until next time, on behalf of those fine gentlemen, my name is Corey Marset. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler. So-